Thanks for pressing play. On this episode, let's talk about how to spot legendary startup slash new category ideas. You see, it turns out there are a few secret hiding places uh, where these ideas hide, but in plain sight. Now, one of these ideas, the first one I want to share with you, comes from a recent guest on Folly or Different. His name is Avram Miller. And he's a living legend in Silicon Valley because he's the co-founder of Intel Capital. Back when Intel was one of the most powerful companies on planet Earth, and its partnership with Microsoft was called the Wintel Monopoly, Avram became the co-founder of Intel Capital and really created what is now the standard model for how uh, major corporates do venture capital work in the tech space. Before Avram, not so much. And um, he led investments in incredible amount of legendary companies. He had a lot to do with broadband, getting popularized, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, he's got a new book out. It's called The Flight of a Wild Duck, an Improbable Journey Through Life and Technology. And we have a legendary conversation on episode 234, 234 of Folly or Different. Now, on that episode, Avram introduces a simple, powerful, underused idea for discovering massive ideas for new companies, products, and categories. So I want to share what he shared with me with you. And I also have one of my own as a bonus. Now, do you enjoy alternative milks? Did you know that oat milk has more sugar than a Coke? And almond milk is just almond-flavored water with very little value to your uh, body. And it's horrible for the environment because of how much water it takes to grow one almond. Well, it's time to make a small change that will make a big difference. My friends at Malibu Milk are the world's first whole plant organic flax milk. And as you probably know, flax is super is a super environmental superfood. And Malibu Milk is the first milk company ever to be founded by a mom. So why not check it out? Malibu Milk is the small tasty change that makes the very big difference. Check out MalibuMilkWithAY.com or you can find Malibu Milk on Amazon as well. Also, uh, if you're not reading Category Pirates, you're not reading Category Pirates. And some recent letters include How to Have a Legendary Career in Tech, The Power of a Point of View, uh, Everything is the Way It Is Because Someone Changed the Way It Was, uh, The Category Design Scorecard, and so much more. And I also want to tell you about a new capability we just introduced with our friends at Substack on uh, purchases of four or more. So if you have a group or you want to give Category Pirates away as a gift, four or more, you get a 20% discount. Go to Lockhead.com and click on Category Pirates. Now, as Joey Ramone said, hey ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and the Economist calls off-putting to some. Okay, so two ideas. The first one comes from Avram Miller. And when he said it to me, it was like he clooned me in the head with a two-by-four. Look at the past. Look at big startup failures from the past and ask, why did they fail? Do some homework. Particularly with big 
you know, high profile startups, smart people, or even just startups that for one reason or another looked like they were going to be very promising and then flamed out and um, begin digging into why. And if one of the major reasons why was it was just too early, maybe too technologically early, maybe for one reason or another that the, the mindset of society or the mindset of the targeted super consumers that you were looking at or whatever the case may be, that for some reason, environmental conditions, it was just too early. Well, ask yourself, have those environmental conditions been removed? And, um, you know, this got me to thinking, and we talked a little bit, Avram and I, on the podcast on Fall You're Different, but, you know, a great example would be WebVan. Uh, WebVan.com was, was the first startup that was purpose-built to deliver groceries to the home. And it was started in the late 1990s, raised a shit ton of capital, and was shut in 2001. It was just too early. Exact same story for a company called Pets.com, a uh, direct-to-consumer, internet-based pet retail company. Well, also shut down in 2000 and became the the sort of poster child joke of failed dot-coms. Well, today PetSmart owns Pets.com and they have an omni-channel strategy like every other retailer and Pets.com became the future. Again, it was just too early. Electric cars. A lot of people would tell you, I'm not an expert, but the technology has been there for years or decades. And there were a whole bunch of reasons why they just could, the category wouldn't take off. Well, you take the technological advancements of today and a legendary category designer in Elon Musk, all of a sudden, shit's different, right? I know a guy who started a podcasting company, a podcast hosting platform in the late 90s. Then the tagline, the point of view was essentially in the future, everybody's going to have their own talk radio show. It was just too early. There was no iPod. So they ran out of money and went away. Another great example in the 1990s, there was a company called Exodus and Exodus was a hosting company. Well, for a whole bunch of reasons, it didn't work and went, but Fast forward to the 2000 pluses and Amazon tries the exact same idea with Amazon Web Services and they become the fastest growing B2B enterprise company in history. And yet Exodus was the exact same idea that failed roughly 20 years earlier. The same thing's true with the tablet PC. When Bill Gates originally rolled out the tablet PC, didn't happen. Environmental reasons, category design reasons, didn't work. Fast forward short, about a decade later, maybe a year or two, it was eight years, nine years, something like that. And uh, Steve Jobs introduces the iPad and changes the world. So this idea of Avram's is fascinating. Look back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and look for failed startups that showed real promise. And then begin to ask yourself, were they just too early? Were there environmental reasons for the failure? And if there were, have those reasons been removed or will they be removed? Because if you're Jeff Bezos and you were thinking about that in the context of the 90s with Exodus, and you said, you know what, let's give it a try again with AWS. That was a life-changing move. All right, so fantastic idea from Avram, and I really appreciate it. And go check out the, his episode of Fall You're Different. Okay, idea number two. Look for existing category leaders 
that are roughly eight to 10 years old who stopped innovating, both from a category design perspective, from a technology product service perspective, across the magic triangle, product, company, and category. So in other words, look for an eight to 10 year old company that is a category queen who is essentially taking the future for granted. Then ask yourself, is there a new mega headwind coming at them that might be problematic? And equally, and maybe even a little more importantly, is there a small tailwind that's starting that could be the driver that opens the door, so to speak, to an exponential new category potential? And here's why you want to look at these companies that are eight to 10 years old who are less enthusiastic about innovating across product company and category. People with a vested interest in things staying the same rarely see the possibility of a different future. As a matter of fact, they only want to see more of the same. They want validating information, not invalidating information. They're not looking for the different. Uh, one of the other things Avram told me, by the way, is that the legendary Andy Grove, who is this longtime CEO of Intel, who's considered by many to be one of the greatest CEOs of all time, Avram does not consider him a great CEO, shockingly. And he said that Andy rarely wanted to innovate and was actually against Intel getting into the uh, chip business for personal computers, of all things. So what we're looking for here is eight to 10 year old companies who are essentially not innovating across the magic triangle. Also look for generational changes on the consumer side um, and any small ripple of a change in consumer sentiment. And on the B2B side, and certainly in technology, look for any kind of a platform change. So let me give you a couple examples in the B2C side. Uh, Victoria's Secret, as you know, for a long time, category queen in sexy lingerie. They, 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 they made it mainstream, right? And they did it by um, sort of marketing these, the kind of the sexy part of it. They had the angels and, and all of that stuff. And that worked for decades. However, the leadership at Victoria's Secret couldn't see that millennials and Gen Z care about being inclusive, and would begin to view Victoria's Secret as elitist or exclusive or, or not welcoming of many different bodies and many different kinds of people. The lingerie category has seen a significant shift over the past two years. These native digitals, they prefer direct-to-consumer brands. Victoria's Secret was primarily a, of course, physical retailer with a website, of course. Victoria's Secret was founded before fat shaming was even a phrase, before diversity and inclusion and intersectionality were even ideas that people were talking about broadly. So this generational mindset shift opened a door and uh, Victoria's Secret wasn't paying attention. But you know who was? Pop star Rihanna. And she started a, um, a lingerie line called Savage. And they just raised some money. And according to Forbes, they are now valued at a billion dollars. Uh, I forget how old the company is, but it's not very old. A few years at most. Forbes reports that the company recently recorded record revenue growth of over 200% last year. Now, they're a small early stage company, but still. Here's the thing, though. Here's what made them different. 
Savage had a radically different POV and redesigned the category, moving it from super sexy models who essentially were monetizing envy to all people, regardless of their, this is what they say, shade, shape, or size deserve to feel sexy. And that blew the whole category open and a, a lot of copycats popped up. I recently read a story, I think it was in the New York Times, about a brand called ARQ that is bringing back granny panties and making them cool or fashionable again today. So Victoria's Secret is a result of this. This is called paradigm violence or category violence, rather, um, has closed hundreds of stores in the last few years. They got caught in a generational change, opened a window for others to come in and redesign the category. And that's exactly what uh, Victoria's Secret missed. And Rihanna did not. Now, in the tech space, platform shifts. And one of my favorite stories about this is an entrepreneur that most people have never heard of in the B2B tech space. His name is Fred Luddy. And um, Fred is a multi-time, massively successful entrepreneur. You see, in the early days of client server computing, platform change, move from the mainframe to client server, a whole bunch of enterprise app categories started to emerge, starting with accounting and manufacturing and you know, ultimately ERP, CRM, blah, blah, blah. Well, Fred was one of the entrepreneurs who saw an opportunity to to create this uh, category that at the time was called the help desk space. Uh, over time, it morphed into what most people today call the service desk space. Anyway, so Fred created a company called Peregrine and became one of the uh, big leaders in um, that space, in, in the category called help desk. Ultimately, uh, he sold the company to Hewlett Packard in 2005 for $425 million. Uh, shortly thereafter, two years later, Fred founded another company because he was smart enough to realize that HP and all the other legacy players in the help desk space, now service management space, were missing the platform shift to the cloud. And so Fred started a company called ServiceNow. ServiceNow today is worth roughly $130 billion. And Fred, with the same category design on two different platforms, turned himself into a billionaire. So in closing, where to look for legendary category and startup ideas? One, failed startups. Why did they fail? Were they legendary ideas at the wrong time, the wrong conditions? If that's the case, ask yourself, are the conditions, the headwinds and the tailwinds starting to change in a way that what was a failure could now be a legendary idea? Remember, every legendary category queen was a dumb idea until she wasn't. And the second, is there a meaningful headwind tailwind change that you see coming that you could take advantage of? Is it generational? Is it societal uh, sentiment oriented? Is it a platform shift? But always sort of we want our mind on, are there any headwinds or tailwinds that we're seeing early? Especially when we know that people with a vested interest in staying the same 
rarely see the possibility of a different future. They only want to see more of the same. They are not looking for different futures. And so if you're keen on keeping an eye open for these headwinds and tailwinds, you will see things that people in the current category probably won't. And only people looking to create a different future can see the potential for that. And only people that are looking at that actually end up creating that different future. All right. We would like to thank our good friends at Atranet, A-T-R-E dot N-E-T, building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Our friends at NetSuite are the cloud platform for running your business. Check out NetSuite.com slash different today for your free product tour of NetSuite. Now, um, our friends at RapidMedia.com.au have built a legendary system for tracking what's working and what's not working in a highly detail-oriented way with your digital marketing and connecting it all the way back through your supply chain. Check out rapidmedia.com.au for a very different way to instrument your business. Um, Don't forget to go to lockhead.com and check out Category Pirates. My friends at Play Bigger have recently put together something they call the Lightning Strike Mobilization Kit, a practical guide to the execution phase of category design. So go to playbigger.com for your lightning strike mobilization kit. All right, I need to remind you that this podcast is a sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network, and it goes uh, very well with libations, particularly Malibu milk and a white Russian. Please don't forget to tip your weight staff on the way out. Today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. Please consult your lawyer, shaman, mystic, doctor, and certainly bartender before acting on anything on today's episode. Don't forget to listen to Follow Your Different, episode 234 with Avram Miller. Joan Jett was right. We're produced and edited by the GOAT, Jason DeFilippo. His podcast is called Grumpy Old Geeks. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary technical execution around here. Show notes by uh, the handsome and talented GM, Sh- GM Simon. <laughs> Candy Dandy keeps all the trains running on time. Love you, Mom and Dad, and uh, stay legendary, stay healthy. And um, the thought I'll leave you with comes from Robin Sloan, who said, All the secrets of the world worth knowing are hiding in plain sight. <laughs>